0: Uh, about a, a familiar subject, but I like everything we actually talk about, and hopefully, uh, we'll see some new things this morning. Um, you know, we, we're becoming really aware uh, of the fact that how we experience God, how we know God, how we uh, walk with God is pretty much entirely dependent upon how we engage with Him. Uh, because for many of us, we've grown up with this passivity that's been almost uh, put upon us by, a ch- by churches where we watch and we let others do. And we don't grow in being powerful. And we have been robbed of what Jesus pretty much gave his life for. We've been robbed of the opportunity to experience what it's like to have authority to have an identity that is powerful and to have a life that actually is very, very rich. And that's around what we call the kingdom of God. You know, I remember coming from South Africa to Canada and, and getting citizenship here. And my whole first half of my life was in a country where there was turmoil, where my whole school life was about facing war when we were finished school, going to the army. Uh, military conscription. I grew up in a time where there was violence everywhere. There was no peace and there was certainly no future that was secure. And so coming to Canada was like coming to heaven. And that was a change of circumstance. But as I've said many times, it's awkward and embarrassing that after a few years, you look around and say, well, if this is heaven. I'm talking to people in Parksville, Qualicum, uh, who have spent their lives working and they've come to Parks for Qualicum Qualicum to retire from other parts of the country. I was with a couple this week. And they're sitting in their home. They've both, both been through marriages before. And they're sitting in their home, which they came to 10 years ago with all the prints and all the decor. And he says, I'm bored. And she says, I don't know what to do with him. And that's a sobering thing, and, and it wasn't, you know, that was bad, and they go into these spirals, but with a little bit of help, they come out of them, because it's just about, God is actually calling you into life from the inside out. And the earlier we get it, the, the, the better it is. You see, in Egypt, in the world in which we live, which is defined by our physical bodies and our minds and our psychology, we talk about recreation. Where we take our bodies out for a sunny, sunny walk, or we take our bodies out for a swim, or we take our bodies out to sit on the beach, or we take our bodies for a cruise, or we take our bodies for a rest. And we sort of look after our bodies. We go and feed our bodies. Our bodies basically rule. Body's tired, don't do anything. Body wants the food, give it food. Body doesn't feel like doing that, don't do it. And Jesus comes into the world and he says, I haven't come uh, for creation. I've come for recreation. Because in the world before Jesus, my body sets the tone. My body determines what I will do. It's called following my emotions and my feelings and my physical nature. After Jesus, he says, my spirit brings life. I want to show you that when I say to you, I only do what my father tells me, that means I don't do what my body tells me. The kingdom of heaven is within. And so the spirit needs to grow and I, my body, need to decrease. And in that is life. So many of us try and keep our bodies happy and remain miserable because we are it has to come into submission it's just really clued into that for me in a way but but the the negative part of that is that's why i think fasting is important and i really don't want to do that or my body doesn't and if you want to know what control your body has start telling it you're going to fast or you're not going to do something that it wants it's embarrassing It's embarrassing, because my body is the domain of the fallen world. If I want to know the the level of hold the fallen world has on me, just watch how I behave from my body and my mind. And when God shows us, he says, I haven't come to condemn you, I've just come to set you free. That's why when you hear things like, I don't feel comfortable, that's just your body saying, I don't feel comfortable. Your spirit saying, come on, we're going to go. But if your body rules, you'll get an academic experience of God, which is a lot of, bit, of, bit of knowledge, but it'll never be satisfying. You'll never spark. Well, I wasn't expecting to say that. When when Jesus came into the world, he therefore came as this revelation of what God meant human beings to be and to become. People living from heaven to earth. Where Jesus was, heaven was released. That means God's will was released and we saw in a human being, Jesus, uh, the presence, power, security, identity of one who was open to God all the time and knew him as a father. So he wasn't intimidated by the Romans and the Pharisees and all the people who took his life away and tried to take his life away. He even went to the cross alive. And they just killed his body. It wasn't pleasant, but it wasn't the end. And so Jesus came to say, there's more to life than what you see and feel and touch and smell. That was the revelation that the spirit underneath all of that is what actually brings life. But there's a battle going on because the spirit that brings life is always being kept with the body by the one who is the enemy who says, no, pay attention to you, don't worry about it. Make sense? Sort of? Yeah. And so when he stepped out of the shadows and basically gave the, began to open up this revelation, uh, people began to respond because out of Jesus came streams of living water. Out of Jesus, the words he spoke, the way he spoke, the authority with which he spoke captivated people. And they said, there's something in this man I I cannot put my finger on, but he brings me to life. He intrigues me. I'm going to follow him. There's something about him. And it was the Spirit of God flowing out and they were getting sprinkled and then wet and then drenched and then captivated. That's how it works. You can't always put words on God as he works in you. And with that revelation, God also, through Jesus, declared an end to the domain of the prince of darkness, which is Satan. And Satan is real. But Satan can only fiddle around with the body. He cannot touch the spirit. That's why I've said to many people over time, I've said, If you somebody who has has had an abortion, Jesus can heal you because you can only kill a body. That doesn't mean it's, I'm not taking this lightly. It's just there's only so much you can do. And so when you come to Jesus and say, forgive me, he said, I do forgive you. But I want you to know that you didn't kill that child. You killed the body. The spirit lives on with me. I haven't given you authority over spirit. Because I knew what you were capable of. If you had authority over spirit, you would kill that too. So I have kept that to myself. Which is good news. And God has come to set the captives free. And in part of being set free is helping identify that you're a prisoner. And who is the one who is being defeated by the cross. There's a wonderful passage that's actually in the Old Testament. That... Um, uh, I love, because it's so in your face. Um, It's about the king of Babylon, but it's also about Satan. And Jesus ultimately came to to demonstrate what these words say. Um, The people are in real trial and tribulation, and and it says, "...on the day the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and turmoil and from the harsh labor forced on you, you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon, who is also uh, a metaphor for Satan." And he, he goes through a whole list of something of things and uh, the, he's, he's, uh, he says, You were the one who wanted to rise up. You were the one who said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. In other words, I will be God. And every rebellion against Jesus raises that. There is no God. I am God. It's my life. Thank you very much. It's just a variation of the theme. But the taunting... Are is like this. He said, You have also become weak as we are. You have become like us. All your pomp has been brought down to the grave along with the noise of your harps. Maggots are spread out beneath you and worms cover you. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. Those who see you stare at you. They ponder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made king- kingdoms tremble? In other words, he he looks like a great, he sounds like a great Dane, but when he's revealed, he's a chihuahua. And he this is this all? Is this all? The man who made the world a wilderness, who overthrew its cities and could not let captives go home. And that is the one Jesus came and said, I am declaring to you that this is a mischievous chihuahua and we have declared victory over him. And I will undo what he has done in you. That day is now. When Jesus stood up in Capernaum and said, uh, those words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, is fulfilled, he meant it. But the greatest ability of an enemy who knows what they're doing is to pretend that you haven't been defeated when you have. And so he'll keep power over you as long as you don't realize that you have been set free. That's what the Christian message is all about. You following me? Sort of? So Jesus came into this world, and John spent many, many years, because he was the youngest disciple whom Jesus loved, but he also spent many years living life before he wrote wrote his gospel. He knew that Matthew, Mark, and Luke were written. So he didn't try to write a gospel about what Jesus did. He tried to write a description of what, what did it mean? What was the meaning of Jesus' life? Why did he do the things? So there are layers in John's gospel. So when he starts his gospel after years of saying, I wonder how I'm going to start this. He goes, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. What has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. You go to Genesis, and you go, in the beginning was the Word, right? In the word we can look. If you don't believe me, I, I don't know if I believe me. So let me see. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty; darkness was over the sur- surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the, w- the waters. What spirit of God was that? That was the Holy Spirit. What, what's, what spirit of God was that? That was the spirit that hovered over Jesus at the beginning of his public ministry. And the Father said, this is my Son whom I love and in, in whom I am well pleased. And the spirit that hovered over the creation at the beginning, hovered over the Son, filled the Son and released into the Son the creative power of the living God. And God said, let there be light. It doesn't say God got a whole lot of angels to come along and say, just push away the darkness, let's make light. He didn't say God said, Let's get to work, we've got to create day. Let's create work and we've got to get nations, I mean oceans and build the land. Oh man, this is going to take forever. No. It was and the Spirit of God hovered over the chaos of the of the world and he said, Let there be light. And there was light. Let there be, and there was. And then it was taken away through deception in the Garden of Eden, which are metaphors, I'm not going to argue uh, beyond that, um, but they were giving meaning to how did the world get into this broken place. Because evil entered in and took hold of all it could to take hold of, which is the physical substance of the world, and began a game of deception and lies. And Jesus came as truth and light into that world of deception and lies and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I bring revelation about life. All who are hunger and thirst come to me. And those who were around him did that. But they had to learn because they were so embedded in the body that it, it wasn't easy making the transference, making the transition, just as it isn't easy for you and me. It's easy to get the theory, sort of. But to live it is what is a lifelong journey, adventure, and privilege that we will really only make successfully with one another. And I I say that many, many times just because I battle with so many people, I watch so many people, including my own life. Isolation and not turning up for things will slow you down and leave you cold. I promise you. I could name lots of people that you know to illustrate. I could name those who are accelerating and growing and those who haven't changed much in the last five years. And you go, John, that's very cruel. And I go, it's not at all. It's like here's the water and here's the food. If you don't eat it, you get hungry and you starve and you die. Same is true in the spirit. It's just a principle. But I want to encourage you uh, and me with what we have. Because Jesus uh, began to speak over humanity and over this chaos and over the sickness. And that's why when he came to people who were sick, which was meant that they were infected by the spirit of the, the earth, the age, evil, because sickness doesn't happen in heaven. It's part of the destructive work. You know, metal rusts and people get sick. Destruction happens on our earth. Everything you leave, Decays. You've noticed that. So Jesus came into that world and declared the goodness of God, the greatness of God. And he cast out evil. He cast out demons. He set captives free. And how did he do that? He spoke and said where the presence of God is, where healing is, the kingdom of God is present. That's why he sent out his disciples and said, Go out and declare the presence. The kingdom of God is here. Heal the sick and cast out demons. And don't take anything with you. You don't need any substance from this earth to declare the kingdom and see his power released. Because I have placed it in you. So what's the biggest battle? The biggest battle is for our hearts and minds. The biggest battle is I don't see it, so I don't believe it. The biggest battle is I don't feel anything, therefore I don't believe it. All of us will have that struggle at some level. That doesn't mean you come under condemnation. You go, oh, I need to actually hear this again. Why? Because... When Jesus spoke, say to the Gadarene demoniac, they went across the ocean, the, 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 the Sea of Galilee, and they came to this place where that guy was sort of naked and, and, and snarling around and full of uh, chains and, and, and imprisoned. And Jesus spoke to him, and the spirit spoke out of him and said, "We recognise you. Please come again to the pigs." So he said, "Sure, off you go." He, he spoke, and things happened. Why? Because he could. And when Jesus got to the cross, he said, it is finished. What is finished? The rev- sharing the revelation and creating the pathway to heaven on earth for all mankind, all humanity, for the rest of time. What does that mean? He said, just as the Father sent me, I send you. All the power and all the presence I had, you can have. In Acts, we see he, he poured out his Holy Spirit. He said, now you can have the Holy Spirit released because I have paid for your sin. I've paid for your rebellion. I have fixed what was broken in the spirit realm. So there's nothing in your life that disqualifies you from Jesus living in you. All you have to do is say, here I am, Lord. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you. I recognize that I am sick. I recognize that I'm broken. I recognize that I'm rebellious, but I want to be changed. What's the secret? Jesus has already done it. So recently, um, I thought maybe I should um, get an alarm system put in the house. So guess what? I had to call them up. I had to ask them. I had to give them some money and they came in and they had to put it in. In fact, the guy came this week and uh, Cheryl said the guy turns up and says, Oh, I recognize this house. My godfather used to live. he built it. Such a small world. Anyway, they had to install it. Something had to happen. And that's where our passivity kicks in, where it says, well, if God wants me to have a burglar alarm, he'll bring somebody, they'll knock on the door, and they'll just say, God told me he wants me to install a a burglar alarm in your place. You believe that? What would you think of us? I'm praying for a burglar alarm. I'm praying for God to bring something. And you go, how stupid can you be? There's some responsibility you have. So go and call them up. You know where to find them and get them to install it and pay some money and something so cheap. The same is true in the spirit realm. God is not going to come on your... I mean, He already has in many ways, but He is not going to do it all. He is going to say, you need to respond. You need to step out. Now, here's what you came to pay big money for, to hear Acts 1, it talks about you will receive power. If you and I could see the voltage of what God had available for you to, to work your life properly, you would be amazed. You'd go, whoa, I don't need all that. I just wanted a, ba- a battery. And he's got this massive generator that would fill up the whole of the gym. All that power for me, he said, absolutely, it's easy. You can have as much as you want to use. How do I get it? Well, what have you learned from what I did and what I do? This is what you've learned. You've learned that God was the first to be voice activated. You've learned that when God speaks, things happen. In this world, you have to work to see something happen. In the kingdom of heaven, you say the word and it comes into being. So God spoke over earth and the Holy Spirit did powerful things. Jesus spoke and healing happened. Demons fled. People were encouraged. The kingdom of heaven is within you. If you want to see change, and if you want to see the kingdom of heaven manifest, you have to speak. And you have to speak out loud. You have to declare the truth of the kingdom because the truth of the kingdom is within you. So you either declare, my body is weak and I am sick and I'm depressed and I can't go anywhere, or I declare, I am a son and daughter of the king of kings and I declare my life to be his. And I I declare an end to the sickness and I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. And I start speaking over myself and over my environment, the kingdom. But I don't feel like it. Then stay in Egypt. Who's going to rule? I don't feel like it. Well, what happens to somebody whose body is drowning? They put their hand up and somebody comes and rescues them. What happens if you don't feel like it and you, you, you're so beaten up? So I certainly was. Maybe you put your hand up, maybe somebody's a lifeguard and they're looking out for you, but you go and rescue each other and say, I'll speak over you what you can't speak over yourself. I'm doing that for a friend right now. I'm speaking over them what they can't speak over themselves. It's such a cool thing. Because they're going through a journey of trusting God. And because I've been there, I can speak. And, you know, I got a note this morning actually just says, I can receive it from you because you've lived it. And I say to him, be encouraged. God is faithful. You need friends and he's not going to let you down. And something rises up and, and together we'll, we'll break through. Sometimes we need, to, we need to speak it out. If you do not speak it out, you'll speak out the opposite. Your silence is spoken, words swallowed. I'm really, really serious with this, because this is the key to freedom. And there are many people who live victim lives because slaves don't know how to speak. There's no point in slaves speaking because they have no authority. But once you have been touched by the Spirit of God, you are a son and daughter, and you have authority. And the biggest battle is you don't believe it. So we have identity issues. We'll speak out the identity you want to have in Jesus. I don't feel, I feel awkward. I know you do. That's why you speak it out. Well, I don't want to be embarrassed. Be embarrassed in private. Speak it out. I am a son of the king. I used to sing that song. I I wrote it, you know, that you should be my father and I would be your son. And I cried and I sang it out and God changed me. Pretty much everything I do now has been spoken out first. I wrote poems about my depression and the hope that I had and I noticed that what I wrote came true about two years later. I was writing in faith and desperation but it only broke open in my life about two years later. It's all about declaring what is true irrespective of what I feel. And if I can't do that for myself I need somebody to do it with me. And we will see the power of the kingdom released like we've never known it. It doesn't take big people. It just takes open people. John 6.63. we nearly finished. John 6.63 says this. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you. The words I have spoken to you. They are full of life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. God has spoken. He's spoken to all of us. But He's not speaking to our heads, He's speaking to our hearts. You see, our heads and minds are the domain of this world, by and large. Our hearts are the gateway to heaven. So, what's this person that I'm walking alongside struggling with? They've lived out of their heads for the last 30 years. And they're scared of accessing their heart, they're scared of being out of control. They're scared of not knowing what's going to happen. And so they need to hear the words of, don't worry, you're safe. But God wants to actually release you from the heart because that will be the rest of your life coming alive. You see, when it's just your mind, you just have rules, oughts and shoulds. When the integration of the heart and the mind take place, You speak out words that bring life. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Jesus spoke words that were filled from the heart through the mind into the world. And they brought life and had power. The Pharisees spoke from their heads and they had no power. They just had theory. That's why God said, love one another as I have loved you. You can't have the as I have loved you intellectually. You can only have it as it fills your heart and then comes out from an identity of being loved. And then you will love others as you have been loved. You will know grace. You will know mercy. You will know that which has been given to you and you will receive, release it with generosity. That is how the kingdom breaks open. Words are thoughts and beliefs that are spoken out loud and they have power. So my brothers and sisters... We all impact our environment. When we stand to sing, we are declaring truth. When we say, I don't sing, we are declaring another truth. Whatever comes out of our mouth, Paul says, if you believe in your hearts and declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart and mind but do not declare it, you don't believe it strongly enough. You think it, but you don't believe it enough. It is clinched when it's spoken. And so my prayer for us is that we become a people who declare the kingdom. And that when you come into worship, you say to your body, Settle down, buddy, because I'm going to worship. I don't feel like it. You're going to make a decision right then as to who is Lord. You're going to make a decision Uh, about who you're going to step in front of. And for a while, it can be difficult. And then you get the gist of it because you can see what happens. Your body actually is full of bluff, but as soon as you get strong with it, it just starts settling down. (coughs) But I absolutely promise you that the degree to which you declare the truth of God over yourself and over others and over your circumstances will release the Spirit of God to bring about transformation and change so you're not a consumer anymore you're a warrior that needs to play uh, not play declare battle and victory over your life and your situations i came across a video that just showed the contrast if if you don't get this integration of heart and head that is what the power of the kingdom is released through you end up with the theory maybe we'll just watch this quickly and and then we'll close the more you tap into your spirit in Jesus and align it and heaven will be released. Power will be released. Identity will be released. A future is released. The body determines its life and its meaning from its past and its present and its status. The spirit finds its identity from its future and its identity in who its creator is. That's the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's very cool stuff, isn't it? But you are a voice-activated machine. Not a machine, a person, your voice activated. God speaks life into you and you speak life. You have the authority of heaven to speak life into your, into your life and around you. So speak life. Let him love you and let that love release you into life. Stand. Your body might be saying other things to you right now. And if it is, I just want to share some words. Father, I bless you for your word. I thank you that your word brings life. That's why when I speak out, I declare things like I break chains over you. I speak against depression in the name of Jesus. I speak words out from the kingdom of heaven to become real on earth. I know and I'm increasingly knowing the authority I have in Jesus. It's not the authority in me. It's the authority in him that he has released in me. And everything he has given me, he has given you. So you activate it by receiving it and stepping into it when everything in you might say, I don't believe that. You don't know how many times I come to church on a Sunday or some other meeting and I don't feel like being there. And as I declare the goodness of God, it changes because I know what my body's doing. My body's lazy, wants to go to the lake. It wants to do all kinds of things. It wants to play, it will rather do anything then actually come under the kingdom of heaven. But once the spirit pulls it into the kingdom of heaven, it actually comes alive. So Father, I pray that you just release, I call out spirits today, the spirit of God in you. I call it out in the name of Jesus. I call it out. And you can let it out. You can just say, Lord, here I am. I call out the identities you have placed in every person here. I call out and activate in the name of Jesus, the spirit in each one to, to be for Jesus and, and Be for the community what Jesus always intended. I call out in you that warrior. I call out in you that identity that is confident. You are not defined by your body. You are not defined by your sickness, by your looks, by your circumstances. You are defined by the King of Kings who says, You are my son, you are my daughter whom I love, and in whom I am well pleased. That is your definition. That is your life. And I call you to go out and serve, and I call you to go out and release others into life. But for some of you, I need to embrace you. I need to love you with a father's love so that you will know that kingdom within you that can be released. And father, I pray that you release voices to declare who you are. And for some of you, you need to ask God to give you freedom to do that. Say, I'm always silent. I never say anything. I never sing. I never do that. And, I, and I, I, I challenge you today. If you want to see transformation in your life, have the humility to open your mouth and speak out words of praise and affirmations of who God is. And, Father, I pray blessing over that. I pray blessing over that in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom like we've never seen it before, some of us. Things don't work here like they work on earth The kingdom is is much friendlier and is voice activated. So we bless you, Father. There is somebody here who might have pain in your groin area, and Jesus wants to heal that. And in fact, if you've got pain anywhere in your body, Jesus wants to heal that. And I speak against pain in the name of Jesus, and I speak freedom from pain in the name of Jesus and the physical bodies that are standing here right now or sitting here in the name of Jesus. And when you come up for communion if you want to go and be prayed for there'll be some people there to pray if you just want to declare that and want to just actually say Lord I just want you to confirm that and you come up for prayer do something and see what happens uh, there's some who's struggling with allergies and I believe the Lord wants to help you, wants to actually declare war on allergies and say in the name of Jesus be free of those allergies and we just speak again in the kingdom of heaven, allergies, in the name of Jesus, we speak freedom from, that they would break off and the roots of those allergies would be healed. There are one or two maybe um, who have problems with nightmares. Um, I know I've spoken to somebody and I just want you to know that I'm not thinking of you, but if, it, you know, if you want to have this, you can have it. But I'm merely just saying this came to me that's more general than that. And I'm just saying if there's an issue with nightmares and sleeping, Uh, Father, I pray that you release your peace and your authority in the name of Jesus. I speak peaceful sleep over you in the name of Jesus and rest that you are held in the Father's hands. Receive his peace. Receive his peace. There's somebody or or more than one who are apprehensive about your futures. You feel very alone and very ill-prepared. You don't feel you're good at anything. And it's a very difficult time for you right now. And the father wants to encourage you and says, don't be afraid. I have made you and you are precious and you're beautifully made. I will look after you, come to me, trust in me. And out of that place, you will find your future unfold. So receive his encouragement. And finally, there's there's some, maybe more than one again, who are very discouraged. And you're discouraged about your ability to follow through on things. You keep making resolutions and they fail. And God the Father says, I know my son, my daughter, I know that. Why don't you come to me and I will give you strength to become what you never believe you can become. So Father, I speak encouragement to those who are wanting to give up because nothing seems to change for them. Just be open to the Spirit of the Lord. He might want you to have people walk alongside you. God will not work in private I pro- he will not work in private because he's got more that he wants to do over you than just the thing that you're presenting. Like the woman who stretched out her hand and touched his garment, he pulled her out into the public eye because he was not only healing her physical sickness, he was healing her identity issue as well. So just trust a Father who loves you. And Father, I pray blessing over this community today. Thank you for your word. And as we come to break bread, we ask, Lord, that you just bless this banquet that we share together. Because Jesus knew that uh, we would need encouragement in the days to come. And he didn't say, please all take this on your own in private. He said, when you gather together, do this so that in memory of me. Because I want you to be encouraged. That I've gone to the table and I've broken bread for you, for your sins, and for what I've done in the, in the, spirit, in, in the flesh But I also want you to look forward to the banquet that's in the Spirit. And you're in between those two tables right now. But I am still with you.